is Sunday, March 31st. Uh, we have received some tragic news. So once again, welcome to the Samelnikan Life. I'm Poppy. And I'm Beata. And this is the podcast that nobody asked for, but everybody needs. So as always, before beginning this episode, we would like to acknowledge that this podcast is written and recorded on unceded and unsurrendered Algonquin and Mi'kmaq territories. We would like to urge everyone to inform themselves on the land they live on and how to support Indigenous communities. And on that note, actually, um, I just realized I should probably not, like mention this on the podcast. Um, the Belly Brews Book Club in Ottawa is hosting an event um, regarding Indigenous resurgence and if you are an Indigenous writer, I very much recommend uh, attending it. There's a pretty good prize money. I think it's 500 for the winner and 100 for runners-up. So check it out. And um, that'll be lots of fun. Uh, so we, we should mention that we're late. We're a week late. Sorry. Yeah, we're kind of late. So So we tried to record this episode last week when I was in a hotel in Toronto and we had some technical difficulties and then we tried to record it later on in the week and Poppy would you like to tell us what happened? Yeah so um there's this photo of Thomas Shabbat walking (laughs) rookie the dog and I saw this photo Monday last week on Monday morning and I was like oh this is the cutest thing I've ever seen and as we all know I have a huge crush on Thomas Shabbat but who do I not have a crush on? Anyway, later that Monday, my ovaries put me in some severe pain. (laughs) Like, my reproductive organs literally lost it after I saw this picture. And um, I had a very painful ovarian cyst, which uh, landed me in hospital. So, good times all around. (laughs) Public service announcement, please exercise extreme caution. When looking at pictures of Thomas Shabbat, if you are a person with ovaries. Please take, like, honestly, just ovaries can, like, fuck you up. Oh, I'm I'm allowed to swear. Um, And Thomas Shabbat can fuck you up, too. So, like, I'm not saying that this is the most scientifically accurate thing, but, like, I mean, coincidence? It it sounds legit. I, I believe it. Um, so yeah, we, we couldn't record on Sunday, and then we got to, like, Tuesday, Poppy was in the hospital, I was like, I have one day to write an eight-page essay, yeah. I can't do this, so we thought, let's just take a week off, and so now we have tons of stuff to discuss, we oh already had a huge list of things to discuss, and then this morning, a bombshell was dropped, <laughs> so we had to completely restructure and move some things to the newsletter, but it's fine. Before we get into that, we have one more bit of housekeeping notes. Crucial Poppy. information. Colin <laughs> White is adopting a dog that looks exactly like him. Like, straight up. I have screenshotted it. Yeah. I'm going to post this on Twitter. Colin White's new dog mm-hmm. looks like him. That's that's all. I just needed to announce it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you posted that, I um, when you wrote that in the doc, I looked it up, and I agree. Yeah, it's very Same important face. information. But... The next thing, the big thing that we need to talk about, the big, big news that came out this morning, tragic news, the CWHL announced very suddenly, with no warning, that they're folding. Um, so, bye. <laughs> um, they just announced this, like, on Sunday. Apparently, the players and the GMs found out at the same time we did. Oh, yikes. Like, they did not know this beforehand. Or, also, no, there was a conference it, call. Isn't but, it yeah. as of, like, May 1st as well? So it's yeah. very, very soon. Have a it's month. Exactly a month. That's so awful. My heart. Yeah. It hurts. Yeah, so, um, there's been, like, more information coming out as people respond to this all day. There might be more information by the time this episode comes out, but right now what we know is... Yeah, like, this was announced this morning, this is when the players found out and the GMs found out, and it really sucks, because, like, I don't know how they're going to find jobs, you know? Like, it's really, they they don't have a place to play in Canada, and it's really hard for them to move to the NWHL, they have to move to the US, um, Mm. and, you know, not to mention, like, yeah, moving to the US is complicated, we don't know if there are spots on NWHL rosters, stuff like that, it really, really sucks for them, for all the people who lost their jobs, who worked with the, the CWHL, um, people were kind of wondering, I mean, obviously this means that right now there's only one league, 
Yeah. For women's hockey, um, people were wondering if this might mean, like, a merger with the NWHL. Um, one person said on Twitter that it's apparently legally impossible for a non-profit like the CWHL to merge with or be subsumed by a for-profit. The only way to achieve such an outcome is through the dissolution of the non-profit. So it might mean that, like, the CWHL is being um, dissolved and then... I don't know, they'll just kind of, like, combine forces with the NWHL. Yeah. But the NWHL is saying that they had no idea. Um, they had no idea it would happen, and, like, this... They, they basically put out a statement saying that this is the end of talks of, like, merging the leagues, you know? There's no more one-league talk. Mm. It's all over, right? Um, they did talk about possibly expanding to Canada, mm. but we don't know when that's going to happen, how, possi- how, like, feasible it is. There was some talk of... The NHL stepping in, they do have the rights to um, the name WNHL, and they've kind of been, you know, mentioning that a little bit, and basically the NHL stance has been, we want um, to be the only league. We don't want to, like, cooperate with existing leagues, we don't want to um, compete with existing leagues, we're only going to create our own women's hockey league if the two existing ones fold. So they've also kind of... Yeah, like, that's that's their stance. They're not going to take over. To do, like, a little bit of basics, um, the reason why the CWHL has folded is apparently because of financial means. So the um, mm-hmm. league wasn't making enough, enough money, despite the fact that this was the most successful season so far. Um, yeah. And the rumours of the NHL kind of absorbing things or, like, creating a women's NHL has also been sparked by things like I saw today the Markham Thunder uh, mm-hmm. Twitter account had like tweeted at the NHL and kind of like sort of references to there maybe possibly being some form of like collaboration but as of right now we don't we don't know what's happening um no we don't know well the also like one thing is to be fair like most or pretty much all women's hockey players in the CWHL have other jobs. So luckily, mm-hmm. you know, it's not their entire livelihood that's dissipating, but um, it's mm-hmm. their opportunity to play professional hockey that's going away, which must be heartbreaking when it's something yeah. you're so involved in. And then again, if you talk about, like, if they have to move to the US to play hockey, like, they have to choose between their job and hockey, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's not cool. Yeah, there was a lot of talk about the NHL stepping in and a lot of people like to kind of say that the only way for women's hockey to be successful is for the NHL to step in and create a league, which I think is bullshit. (laughs) Um, I really, really, really hate that kind of discussion. I think that like, I don't trust the people in the management of the NHL. Um, I think that NHL resources are needed for women's hockey to be successful and I think that people need to treat women's hockey the same way that they treat men's hockey Mm. but that can happen with the current management and the NHL has had many many opportunities to support women's hockey by you know lending any kind of support like any resources to these leagues and they keep saying no we don't want a partnership we don't want to support you we're not going to pay you like I mean occasionally they'll like invite them to a winter classic or whatever or you know the all-star game but that's like the bare minimum that's all they're willing to do they're not going to pay them the same respect as the the men's players and I just think it's really shitty of them to say like we're only going to support women's hockey if you yeah like if we get control over it I think the NHL yeah we I don't think they would do a good job with women's hockey and Mm. I just think that's a really shitty attitude to take, to, to be like, oh, these women are, you know, fighting amongst themselves and they can't manage a league properly, and so these men have to step in and take over. Mm. And then it also, like, suggests that the problem has been bad management with these teams, which it hasn't. Like, most professional men's leagues, like men's sports leagues, get a lot of money from governments, from, like, investors because it's an investment, right? If you're starting a new league, you need to put money into that. It's not going to, like, yeah. be profitable right from the beginning, obviously. You need to invest in it, right? And nobody's doing that for women's hockey. One example I saw on um, Twitter was... What was it? There's this other league. 
some kind of random football league, like American Association of Football, that started up in February, and people just threw money at it, right? (laughs) And it's like some random football league, who cares about that? But they're throwing money at it, and they're not doing the same for women's hockey. And then, you know, people are saying like, oh, it's on the fans, we all carry responsibility for not watching enough women's hockey. Like, no, no, it, it wouldn't have made a difference, and you can't just expect people to watch it. Well, when, I mean, also, like, um, the CWHL wasn't getting, like, big streaming or, like, big broadcasting contracts. Mm-hmm. I mean, sports yeah. TV would rather play, like, golf tournaments than women's hockey um, tournaments, which obviously kind of diminishes the amount of viewership that you're going to get and the amount of financial means you're going to get. Because a huge aspect of the For NHL sure. being so successful is the broadcast of NHL games that make it accessible. Yeah. And so I think also, I actually wanted to ask you a question, um, mm-hmm. which is, do you think that now that the CWHL has folded, some NHL teams might hire CWHL players? No. No? I can't see it happening. Like, I hope that happens. Mm. I, I just don't think that hockey's at a point where they actually respect female hockey players enough to do that. Like, that's not going to happen. Um, I, I don't think this is going to be a good thing. Like, maybe far down the line <laughs> it might end up paying off, but I doubt it. And I think the only place where it might be a good thing is if, you know, the NHL decides to help the NWHL now, right? And it's like, oh, now that there's no competition, now we're going to give you your support and do things that we should have done all along, or I don't know, stuff like that. But um, Do you think the NHL yeah. and the NWHL might merge? No. No? Okay. I'm really, I'm, I, I honestly, so. um, I'm not entirely, um, sort of educated on the, on the structure of it all. So mm-hmm. I was interested in hearing your input because at first I thought, oh, well, if the NHL like takes over, that's actually probably a good thing. But now I've heard you talk about mm-hmm. it. I'm like, oh, you know what? <laughs> it might actually Yeah, no, bad. like I think NHL resources and stuff is good, but yeah. I don't want Bettman in control of women's hockey. And it's pointless, too. Like, these women can manage these leagues. They've done a decent job of it, considering the lack of resources, right? And yeah, we just need NHL resources and media coverage, too. Like, you know, like you were talking about broadcasting, but also just talking about sports. Like, we don't realize Mm. how powerful it is to be able to just you know, read about this player that's doing well, these cool storylines, right? Just, you know, go on Twitter or pick up a newspaper and see a cool storyline about this player that's doing well. And, you know, even if it doesn't inspire you to go watch women's hockey right away, maybe if you do end up watching a women's hockey game, you'll be like, oh, hey, I recognize that player, you know? like. Well, the thing is, the NHL is like a, I mean, NHL players are very deeply involved in marketing. You know, most of the time, local newspapers, like, I don't know, like the Ottawa Sun or something, the cover will always be an Ottawa Senators game after an Ottawa Senators Mm -hmm. game. And, of course, we have, like, Hockey Night in Canada on CBC, and we have all of these... Mm -hmm. Like, we're constantly exposed to hockey players. There's constantly some form of publicity around hockey games, Mm -hmm. and you don't really have that with the CWHL, or you didn't have it with the CWHL, unless there was the Clarkson Cup... Or and even then, like not that much, but like the Clarkson no, Cup, yeah. maybe like Olympic Games. That's kind of the the limit of of things that actually get broadcast mm-hmm. and actually get talked about. And every time these big events happen, people are like, "Wow, this is so amazing!" And then it kind of fades into obscurity again. So I think that did have a big thing to do with it because mm-hmm. the lack of exposure to the CWHL obviously leads to um, lesser interest in women's hockey. So, it, I mean, to the extent where, like, I wasn't even fully aware of the women's teams that were around up until, like, a year ago, mm-hmm. because there just wasn't really exposure to it. For sure, yeah, I had to seek it out. Like, I, yeah. I literally Googled, is, I just cu- was curious one day, and I was like, is there women's, a women's professional league? And I Googled it, and then I started watching, and that was how it happened, right? Yeah. And, like, it's a deliberate choice. You know, you have the choice to cover women's hockey and you don't Mm -hmm. and you know even organizations like the athletic and they're trying to provide like different coverage and they don't cover women's sports right and it's like what's the point of this like super ambitious you know model that you're trying to do even um like female-centered news so i was just looking at 
uh, there's this new kind of newsletter that's uh, being published called The Gist, and it's focused mm-hmm. at women. And, um, like, their coverage is still entirely um, male sport-centered. Occasionally mm-hmm. they will talk about women in sport, but, like, if you went onto it, there was mostly just talk about the men's hockey teams, even though, like, their center is Toronto and... Uh, Ottawa so there are accessible like Markham Thunder is really close to Toronto mm-hmm. um, but they didn't discuss and the Toronto Furies too oh yeah. of course yeah the Toronto Furies yeah. <laughs> but they didn't discuss any of the or at least not a lot they didn't really discuss the hockey the women's hockey teams which is a shame mm-hmm. because I think especially if you're catering to women uh, you mm-hmm. would you know want to focus or put a focus on female athletes but I mean, <laughs> yeah, I will give a shout out to two blogs. Um, and one of them is the Ice Garden, which is an SB Nation blog that's all about women's hockey. Yeah. They have fantastic, fantastic coverage. They also have two podcasts that I listen to about women's hockey. They're so great. And they're so great for just like learning about what's happening in women's hockey. Um, and then there's also the Victory Press, which covers women's sports in general. They're both really great. But like, these are blogs, right? Like, yeah, you know, it would, yeah, if, like, Silver 7 was the biggest Ottawa Senators news source, like, that would say bad things about Ottawa's, Ottawa media, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, like, yeah, and I feel like hockey fans have this weird kind of idea that they watch exclusively for the quality of the game, you know? Yeah. Like, if the sport is good, people will watch it. And we watch for nothing else, right? There's nothing we else that's entertaining about sports. Like, honestly, it's just sweetie, the hockey, you know? <laughs> we're not but, watching like, sense games good Exactly. Hockey. But, you know, it's this idea of, like, if you're, like, this is how you, you should be enjoying sports. It should mm. be 100% about the sports. And if people enjoy sports, if the sports are good, people will watch, you know? And there's yeah. this idea of, like, if people aren't watching, the sport just isn't good enough and we need to watch more. But that's not the reality like the reality is that we're we're really into these like storylines and stuff and we're really influenced by the way that the media talks about these sports and if the media decides that women's sports aren't worth talking about people aren't going to know much about women's sports and they're not going to care like you don't care enough care as much about a game if you're watching it and you have no idea who any of the players are or where the teams are in the standings right like it's always more enjoyable if you have a little bit of context, right? Absolutely. And uh, when I so. was when I was doing my reading for the uh, newsletter I wrote about online fandom, the article has got a super long name, but it's online community or electronic tribe exploring the social characteristics and spatial production of an internet hockey fan culture. It's That's such a title. title. Yeah, that is just the title. Um, but it's an article by Mark Norman, and he talks about essentially just like the basics of uh, online hockey culture. And a big thing he points out is that the leading source of information on women's hockey is blogs. Like, it's mostly blogging. It's mostly female bloggers talking about women's hockey. So it really is a case in which the mainstream media mostly ignores women's hockey. And the only source that there truly is are blogs. And blogs are usually, you know, you don't find them unless you're actively seeking them out. So Mm -hmm. um, it's a bit of a... Yeah, like, I don't want the, like, straight white men in hockey media to take over the narrative about women's hockey, but they could hire these bloggers to oh, yeah. write regular coverage. And, and like, like, they're already doing it, you know? We've already just talked hire about them this a thousand times. The people who traditionally or mostly just cover NHL hockey are terrible at covering women's hockey. They have no yeah. idea what they're doing. They're way out well, of their comfort zone, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't ask a hockey journalist to suddenly start covering, like, tennis, it's totally fine to say, oh, this is out of my sort of realm or out of my comfort zone or out of my experience. And to hire someone like a freelance journalist who who actually knows what they're mm-hmm. talking about. So, oh, well. Yeah. Well, we Good saw times. that today even with all these big journalists suddenly coming out and saying, so I have this idea for how women's hockey could oh. be successful, right? Have they considered this? What if this happens? This would work. And then everyone who, like, actually follows women's hockey is like, no, you idiot. <laughs> That's yeah. not... Or, or, like, yeah, we've already been saying this, you know? The most galaxy brain take that I saw <laughs> was this guy who said that he would... That the Women's Hockey League should consider playing during the off season. 
because he only has so much time that he can dedicate to watching hockey during the hockey season. I'm... What? <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. Mm. So honey. But it's stuff like sweetie, that. And darling. Uh, <laughs> the like, big thing and like the big thing that I see a lot is the conversation about one league. Mm. So like if you weren't aware, basically I started watching the CWHL just like I think about a year before the NWHL came into the picture. Mm. And I remember like thinking, kind of getting the impression that there was no ambition there. There was, they weren't going anywhere. They were just kind of sitting around waiting for people to discover them, which, like, you know, considering the circumstances, like, I don't blame them too much for that, but it didn't feel like there was that much ambition. And then the NWHL came in, and they were basically, they were super ambitious. They were the total opposite. They were like, we're gonna get all these sponsors, we're gonna pay our players right from the beginning, Mm. you know, we're gonna... We have all these, like, crazy big plans, and the CWHL was like, what are you guys doing? We've been doing this for years. We know this isn't going to work. And there was sort of a rivalry between the two leagues for a while, but they really challenged each other. Like, I thought, I think that the CWHL has grown so much Mm. in the time since the NWHL came into the picture. Like, it's been really, really nice to watch. And I think that the CWHL was, like, the more successful looking of the two leagues um, this time, which, like that's not good. Mm. <laughs> that's that's not a good sign, right? And there was kind of this rivalry, but they were really challenging each other, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, like the, the NWHL, I mean, a lot of what they did was kind of unrealistic and, you know, they did have to slash player salaries and everything like that. But, you know, they did push the CWHL to try more things and they got people, they kind of got people's attention, right? Mm. Um, and so I think that having two leagues was was really good and i think that we can be fine with two leagues like i don't understand why all these people are saying i'm not going to watch women's hockey because there are two leagues and they need one league like what does Uh... that have to do with anything just enjoy the two leagues and obviously long term there will be one league like nobody's denying that but we don't need that right now because like you know people watch like nhl hockey and like local hockey and football and mm-hmm. like ba- baseball like it's not like you can only watch one thing and also like mm-hmm. I mean maybe your life is so busy but I kind of doubt it <laughs> yeah yeah and it's just like it's just dumb and it's just excuses there are so many excuses for people not to watch women's hockey and it's like just watch it I mean clearly you just don't want to watch it if you're coming up with all these reasons why it's not good or whatever. And I I know that there's the argument of, like, the talent being too spread out. I didn't notice that. I thought the teams were great. And I think that having space for players who aren't Olympians is good for, quote-unquote, growing the game, right? It's good for developing players. You get players coming into the league and, you know, playing for a while and then making Team Canada. Like, later on, we're going to talk about Anne-Sophie She's been, she's had, like, the biggest breakout year. She finally made Team Canada, and it's so cool for for people who've watched her for a while, because she's been so good, you know, and she's not been an Olympian, but we've watched her grow. That's how it works in the NHL, you know? Not all the players are superstars, and it's fine. There are still plenty of really, really, really good players, and... I mean, not everybody can be my son, Brady Kachuk. Like, it's just not how it was. And, you know, you talk about, like you know, all the best CWHL players are going to come into the NWHL now, but what about the players who won't be good enough to get a spot on an NWHL roster, you know? Like, Mm. they were still good players. I still enjoyed watching them play. Are they just not going to have a job? And what about the NWHL players who now are going to have to give up their roster spots for Marie-Philippe Poulain, right? Yeah. (laughs) Like, it just, it sucks. I I I think there's enough talent for that many teams, right? Well, I mean, more than anything, the there needs to be like there needs to still be uh, Canadian teams. Like, it's impossible to merge mm-hmm. all of this talent into the few NWHL oh, yeah. teams that exist. That's as if mm-hmm. we literally cut all NHL teams out of out of Canada. If we were just like, mm-hmm. okay, all NHL teams in Canada are dead now. Um, now all of these professional mm-hmm. hockey players have to play in the U.S. There's not enough spots. Like, there's not enough teams no. to host that much talent. So I know what you mean. 
On a lighter note, you did get to go to the last ever Clarkson Cup final. <laughs> I know, the last ever CWHL game. I'm oh, so that makes jealous. me so sad. But like, I was jealous before. It was really great. <laughs> I know. I, I didn't know at the time. Maybe if I'd known, it would have been a bigger deal. But no, it was it was really, really fun. We missed some internet friends. Uh, the Calgary Inferno won. I was pulling for the Canadian, but it's okay. I was, I was great. rooting for Inferno, so I was really stoked, actually. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they won the last ever Clarkson Cup. But, good for um, them. Yeah, good for them. It was fun. They they deserved it. They were very dominant right from the beginning. Yeah. Um, took an early lead. They kind of done, like, kind of came back, but not quite. I want to give the biggest shout out, though, <laughs> to my queen, Marie-Philippe Poulet, <laughs> who was the captain of Les Canadiens, and she was injured for this game. Like, yeah. very, very visibly injured. Could not skate at all, okay? Mm. But she decided, this legend decided to dress up for the game in full hockey gear <laughs> and sit on the bench yelling at her team. <laughs> I love that. Like It was, so like, cute. I could hear her from my seat. <laughs> it was so funny. And she was, like, leaning over the bench, just screaming, <laughs> yelling at her team. And the whole time, I was like, I remember at the beginning when she didn't get on, I was like, maybe they just dressed her in case, like, you know, they need a goal at the last minute. Because, yeah. like, you know Poulet. Like, you just put her on the ice and your team's down by one, put Poulet on the ice, she will score. Right? Yeah, <laughs> You're in overtime, put her on the ice. I was like, she cannot skate. She'll just, like, you know, plant her in front of the <laughs> net, whatever. <laughs> she didn't end up doing that. Um, she just coached from the bench, and it was I love really, that. really funny. I also love but that they were the, like, okay, but, yeah. you literally can't do anything, but we're gonna let you do this. <laughs> like, we're gonna let you dress and skate in the warm-up and everything, and, like, show off, show, show everyone in the audience that you cannot skate right now. <laughs> <laughs> just show everyone how tough you are, honestly, that's all she was doing. For a little bit, she was, like, right in the middle of the bench, and she was mm. kind of in the way, and then they moved her over to, like, the, with the backup lady, you know, <laughs> manning the door and stuff, right? <laughs> oh, that's so much fun. Yeah, it was a really fun game, though. It was really great. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. Um, as I said, I was rooting for the Inferno, so it was quite exciting for me, but um, mm-hmm. I'm very jealous of you being able yeah. to attend. Also, Anne-Sophie Bate got two goals, and she was all over the ice, like... Yeah, she was so great. I She's love her. incredible, absolutely, yeah. Um, so we also have some mascot news, uh, which I'm very excited as, about. As always. I love mascot news. And this time it's not like mascot minute mascot news, it's like legit mascot news. It is. So let's begin by talking about our Lord and Saviour, Gritty. Um, <laughs> the Lord's prayer, but just every time there's father replace it with gritty that's what i say every night um, <laughs> so my lord and savior gritty was on the cover of hockey news because honestly he deserves it I, he does i remember when i was working at a magazine shop it was like i can't remember what year it was but um they always essentially they just that year it was literally like Eric Carlson or Patrick Kane on the cover like mm-hmm. every single week <laughs> yeah um, so the fact that Gritty's on the cover truly warms he my heart fr- I'm pretty sure he's the first mascot to ever make the cover <laughs> I mean does he not what an icon <laughs> I love him um, oh, he also, in other Gritty news he right? also won the um the mascot competition the like mascot um most popular mascot competition by uh, like, obviously. a landslide well um, yeah <laughs> Like, even non-hockey fans know who he is, right? Um, He also, in other Gritty news, um, Gritty did get chased off the ice by an IP player at a Flyers game. This is the funniest thing I've ever seen. In Canada, it's the Timbits players. I think in the US, it was, like, Mites on Ice or something, but it was, like, IP player. You know, like, five-year-olds playing hockey during the intermission. It's really cute. And the goalie just, like, went for Gritty. <laughs> the goalie started whacking him with his yeah. stick. Um, and Gritty finally carried um, him off the ice, which was <laughs> really fun. Several people sent this to me, including my mom, actually. <laughs> um, the brand is strong. But several people sent this to me, and I sent it to Poppy. With just, I just said, like, I'm saving this for the podcast. It's, it's really a sight to behold. I, I, I truly feel blessed. <laughs> To live in the age of Gritty. 
Um, the Belleville Senators also unveiled their new mascot, um, Belly. Um, yeah, that was a while ago. I think that was like right after we released the last episode, so it like three weeks ago. Was, but we have to talk about we it. We have to like, talk about. We can't not. Um, so people have been like, "Oh, Belly is discount gritty." Uh, shut up. Shut the heck up. <laughs> I I love Belly. He's very much like um a minor league mascot in his appearance. Yeah. But he's also cool, you know? He has some like and wild also, energy. Yeah. He does. I really like, like him. We need him, you know? Like the Suns have the reputation of like a boring team. Well, they're not boring anymore. Have you seen the drama that's happening? Belly embodies that. You <laughs> know? Mean, he's like To be fair, also like Belly is the world. We are no more team at this point. <laughs> so not only is it the better team, like our minor league team is the better team, but also our minor league mascot is don't tell Sparty, but maybe the better mascot. Mm. He just has some, like... I mean, I'm loyal to Sparty, but, like, yeah. I'm loyal to Sparty, but he doesn't have that... He doesn't have that, mm. that crazy energy that Belly has. He doesn't. Belly kind of looks like a dog, and I love him. Yeah, and also the video is just so beautiful. It's the most chaotic <laughs> like, thing The I've way it was done, I was like, I didn't know the Sens had this in them. It's... <laughs> So if you haven't seen Belly's unveiling um, video, it is the most chaotic, evil thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it has these weird early 2000s graphics. Belly, like, binds and tries to kick the hell out of, like, a Marley- person wearing a Marley's jersey. <laughs> yeah! It's, like, like literally, really... like, tying him up and beating him up. It's <laughs> Belly, really, like, too. weirdly menacing. Um... <laughs> And then there's this just, like, terrible, weird, like, kind of dance pop music. Like, <laughs> electronic dance music almost, like, playing in the background. The graphics are just a mess. Like, so bad. And it's just the way it's cut together. The production's terrible. Like, it's just, as I said, like, chaotic evil. I'm obsessed with it. I've watched it so many Love times. It. Uh, yeah, me too. I mean, I, I analyzed this for the newsletter. Yeah. <laughs> going through it. <laughs> second by second right um yeah and the most recent news just came out like a few minutes ago honestly um sj sharky our true ally he was wearing rainbow socks and talking about inclusion and i love him yeah and he was actually like one thing i found really interesting because he says like I've I've opened up the tweet to look at it. But he says, Mm -hmm. Tonight we want to remind everyone that hockey is for everyone, regardless of age, race, colour, religion, national origin, gender, disability, sexual orientation, or socioeconomic status. You are always welcome in my arena. And I was like, "Mm." because most of the time, like, hockey is for everyone stuff will be the most half-assed thing you can imagine. It'll be like, (laughs) regardless of, like, race or sexual orientation but like Shaki was like no no I'm bringing this like Shaki is a like Shaki's a se- an intersectional political icon he's like he I, is. I, I, I acknowledge all societal structures and the oppression of the peoples I love him I stand him yeah like compared to what the sons have been doing and stuff and like have you seen have you seen that you can play video that a bunch of teams use where players are talking like if you can play you can play and then they say if you can pass you can pass where you're watching this and you're like you nobody involved in this video has ever talked to a trans person ever like (laughs) Like, uh... do you not realize that this is like Super like what this what you're implying here oh my god i know i know they mean like passing as in hockey anyone who watches that knows it means passing yes but but okay it also has another meaning (laughs) so if some if someone might be confused a little bit listening um a huge aspect of trans oppression is that um people will say that you don't for example a trans woman doesn't look feminine enough so she doesn't pass as a woman and yeah, like, she's like, read as female all the time, yeah. Exactly. So a lot of people go through this thing where their their true gender identity isn't recognized by the public because they don't look femme or, like, mm-hmm. masculine enough. Um, and so, yeah, saying, like, if you can pass, you can pass is, like, a yikes thing to say. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh. They didn't think that through. 
oopsie. I still kind of laugh every time I see that because I'm like, oh man, NHL. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I respect that they're trying, but it's all so half assed. Like, it's all mm-hmm. so truly lame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, it's very bad. Forever impressed with the shit that the Sens are doing. Like, ugh. I can't even. Mm. They they half asked another like last minute. What was the last like social active cause that they just? Decided- oh, their women's night. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I think we talked about it in the last episode. It was yeah. I love how they are just... always organizing these special events three days in advance. They're truly, <laughs> truly doing the Lord's work. <laughs> I think they just need to start doing more country nights. Honestly, like that's all they- <laughs> the on- only thing they care about as yeah. a member of the lgbtq community i would like to say the country yeah let's yeehaw (laughs) let's do it let's just do more country nights like don't even like let's just do it you know there's a few things are more gay than chaps so i'm like let's do it (laughs) let's just do more country nights (laughs) um are you ready to oh actually i should probably say something for the intro of the mascot minute this was supposed to be read like a week ago so it's a little bit in the past we talk about saint patrick's day i'm sorry i know we're like it's onto, okay onto less green pastures i guess <laughs> but like <laughs> whatever okay just respect spartacast journey and respect like our writing journey <laughs> we're going through a lot right now ladies you can find me at the end of the rainbow Spartacat was staring at Gritty's St. Patrick's Day tweet, looking into the eyes of his lover. He didn't understand. Gritty and Sparty had been texting non-stop. Sparty had sent some compromising but very flattering images to his orange hunk. Was Gritty doing this with more people? It dawned on him that they had never discussed becoming exclusive. What if he was just a fling to Gritty? His heart sank. Suddenly, his cell phone beeped, a text from an unknown number. Hey, this is Belly. I'm in town for a meeting and I wanted to introduce myself since we're going to be colleagues. Spartacat gasped. Belly wasn't an NHL mascot and some had snarkily remarked that he was a dollar store gritty, but he was young and interesting and Sparty was craving to sink his claws into orange fur. Red would do fine too. Want to meet me for a drink? He texted back. If Gritty wouldn't commit to him, he might as well enjoy his freedom. <laughs> I'm so proud of Sparty, honestly. Me too. I our last few mascot minutes have been really wholesome. <laughs> I don't know they if wholesome have. is the right word, but like, can't. Spotty? Does the word wholesome apply to the mascot minute in any way? And also, we're not a few episodes removed from that one that you wrote. Yeah. So, okay, no, no. The last two have been wholesome. The one before that was that one. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, let's just say I feel like like Spotty's becoming more empowered and I'm really proud of him. <laughs> Definitely. Um also if you're a Patreon, you get the bonus mascot minute and Sparty is definitely becoming more empowered. He yeah, oh, there's a, a big a big thing that he does in the next in the the Patreon bonus mascot minute. Oh, so. I'm so excited. You know, I mean it's not necessary for the progression of this plot, but if you want like little background info just like it's Subscribe a lot of, of Spotty's adventures. I really enjoy it. I just mm-hmm. feel like Spotty Cat mm-hmm. is going through so many things. As I sit on my own in my bedroom with my cat, I like to think about Spotty Cat. He's <laughs> truly living his life. <laughs> um, yeah. Speaking of great orange things, um, Melnick went on the radio. <laughs> I feel like Melnick he went on is, Toronto radio. Melnick's kind of orange in the way, like in my head, Melnick is like the same Little. color as Donald Trump. So I just think he's orange. Yeah. Um. So same. he went on both Toronto um, and Ottawa radio. So okay. my favorite thing, I remember just getting an email from the Silver Seven like group email that just said Melnick on Toronto radio again, and I was like, yes, yes, this is this is the entertainment I need in my life. Every time everyone was just like to speak to the media, it's just so impressive. He's but so every time terrible. he goes to Toronto radio, it's the best. Like that's where he delivers his hottest takes, and we're here like, yes, what's Melnick gonna say now? I'm so excited for another week of entertainment. This is the only drama in my life. It's really such a like. And then he, 
impressive yeah. thing that he decides to go on, <laughs> you know, the, the, like, sort of ultimate um, opponent's radio stations. Like, the rivalry between Ottawa and Toronto is so huge, and yet Malnick decides to speak to Toronto media so often. I, know, I remember I was in class and I was like, I so wish that I had just skipped class to listen to this or something. Oh, you know? I listened to it. It was amazing. Like, I should have listened to it. Oh, man. Actually, so turns out he didn't say anything super offensive on Toronto radio. It was when he came back to Ottawa radio I that mean, he really he was, delivered the hot takes. When he was on Toronto radio, he did the usual, you know, the fans are bad. He loves to yeah. trash talk the fans on Toronto radio, which is like... Okay, buddy. Um, it's like going. Oh my god, this is like. Imagine if you were dating someone and they know someone who you like hate. Think of like. I don't have a mortal enemy. I'm gonna think about the girl who bullied me in high school. All right. <laughs> if I was dating someone and my partner went to the girl who bullied me in high school to talk about how I'm a bad partner, <laughs> I would be so offended. And that is what Eugene Melnick is doing. But then he came to Ottawa, um, and then he was truly offensive. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I appreciate that, that, like, the real hot takes were on Ottawa radio at oh, home. Oh, boy. So, um, so, let, let's talk about what Melnick said. First of all, we're all fake fans. He said, we're all 12-year-olds from Toronto. Yeah, um, I mean, honestly, like, it's true. I am 12 years old. It's actually very upsetting fair, if you think about what's wrong with 12-year-olds from Toronto? Years. 12-year-olds from Toronto can be Sens fans, too. I mean, fair, but also, like, considering how uh, we talk actively talk about how we drink alcohol while we're recording this, um, probably should say that we're not 12-year-olds from Toronto. We are not. But, I mean, who knows? Um, he also, like, mm-hmm. yeah, he just, like, genuinely was very critical of the fan base, was talking about how we're fake fans because we don't want to show up to the games. Um... And then he did the most in- incredible <laughs> thing. And he, because Ian Mendes had released, like, had talked about how uh, Pierre Dorian, after not, sighing, not signing Stone, was like, this is the proudest day of my life, of my career, <laughs> sorry. And so um, Malnick was very offended by Ian Mendes reporting on this and called him Bush, Bush League, which is like... <laughs> Wild because he was on TSN 1200, which is the radio station that Ian Mendes works for. He came into I his workplace. I talked to Michaela about this. Came into his workplace. She was amused. And the man who is like one of the most well liked and well respected journalists, like sports journalists in Ottawa, See? decided to like disrespect him. Um, as we all know, That's I will thing. defend like... Ian Mendes with my life. So he is like the most popular Ottawa media member. Like he's probably the only person in the Ottawa Senators media that the fans all love. Like on Silver Seven, the way to get your comment green, which means that a lot of people like recommend it, mm. the like instant way to get your comment green is to mention Ian Mendez. And like everyone <laughs> on Silver Seven knows this. If you write Ian Mendez in your comments, Everyone has to make it green. That's just the rule on Silver 7. Like, that's how much we love this man. Okay, so next time I comment, and I just so write just... Ian Mendes, Ian Mendes, Ian Mendes. Yes. Okay, good to know. Literally, it will get, like, so many, yes, so many people <laughs> will like that comment. But, like, yeah, we love him. And Melnick's just on this mission to, like, shit on everything we love, you know? <laughs> I, I appreciate that, in a way. I, I love his dedication. Um, Ian Mendes obviously handled it. <laughs> Actually, the way Ian Mendes handled it was my favorite, because it was so spicy in the most <laughs> Ian Mendes way, because Ian Mendes like, posted this photo of when his daughter had one of her brain surgeries. Eugene Melnick had mm-hmm. sent like a gift basket for her, and like a card, a sort of note card, just wishing her a speedy recovery. And... Ian Mendes was like, well, you know, like, I still believe in kind of, like, the good and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, mm-hmm. Ian, this is the greatest drag that you can do because by not thinking <laughs> to his level and also by being like, I'm so, I'm just so gracious. It's like, oh, Ian, mm-hmm. you've already won this. Like, <laughs> you already won this argument before you even chimed in. But now everybody is just like, this is why we love you, homie. Like, 
you cannot say a single bad thing about Ian Mendes. And if you do, he's no. just going to turn around and say something nice about you so you look like even more of a dick. Right? Yeah. And even, like, even going back to the fake fan stuff that he was talking oh. about, like, I just hate it. I hate that kind of gatekeeping so much. And, like... I know that this isn't what he meant, but the fake fan stuff is so often used to, like, exclude minorities from sports, and this is, like, a big part of why I, like, was so careful about the way that I presented as a hockey fan and, like, Mm. whose name was on the back of my jersey and, you know, making sure that everyone knew that I was a real fan and not a fake fan, and it was, like, because I was a girl and everyone was gonna assume that I was a fake fan, and I, because I always assumed that other girls were fake fans, right? Like, you're just a fan because you think one of the players is hot, and, like, yeah, Thomas Chabot ruined my ovaries, but that's not the only (laughs) reason I like hockey. (laughs) Yeah, but it's, like, once you get into this gatekeeping of who's a real fan, who's not a real fan, like, Usually the people, the first people to be excluded from that are people who aren't straight white men. Also, so. um, it's really rich coming from the man behind LeBrettonFacts.com <laughs> and also, like, some really weird bots that were there around a few months ago, my favorites. I miss the bots. Yeah, yeah. Can I um, talk about we the- talk about- Can I talk about Jack Maxwell? <laughs> the new bots. <laughs> okay. This is really exciting. I'm very excited to talk about so, my conspiracy theory. There, okay, first of all, there have been some new bots. And what's really funny about these new Melnick bots is that it's unclear if they're actually Melnick bots. Like, there are three possible scenarios. Either, these, either Eugene Melnick has created these bots to talk about how great the Sens are, or these are, like actual Sens fans who feel the need to defend Melnick all the time, or these are Sens Twitter people who are trolling us by creating fake Melnick accounts that are, like, yeah, that are just, like, pretending to be bots, but saying things that are really funny and outrageous so that we laugh at them. But one of these is Jack Maxwell 14140182 My lord and savior Jack Maxwell one <laughs> Maxwell one I followed this guy. Um, <laughs> I, I think that like by now we can most likely presume that these accounts are like fake fake accounts so it's people making fun of the fake yeah. accounts but my favorite Probably. is jack maxwell 14140182 um he popped up last week and his account actually like disappeared for a little bit and everyone was like rest in peace jack maxwell because <laughs> just the like little bit that he tweeted was like calling eugene malnick mr malnick talking about you know hashtag Ottawa rising all that fun stuff that we were used to from the bots and then he came back and we were all like oh my god jack maxwell's back and he's gone like kind of off the rails since and also more and more of these accounts have shown up and i think like the ultimate sort of like point where you could see that these were like fake fake accounts was when one of them Mm -hmm. used the numbers like 69 420 i don't know something like that oh it's 420 69 11 um yeah also okay also, Jack Maxwell tweeted about Sen's cologne and how he wears it all the time, and uh, I was like, there is no way this is real. No, like, clearly this is a fake person. <gasps> this is just... <laughs> so my favorite, like, my favorite thing about Jack Maxwell, he's 100%. So, oh my god, I, I have so much to say about this. <laughs> so first of all, um, Jack Maxwell is, in my opinion, the best one of these accounts. There are a few that have popped mm-hmm. up. Some people think that it's all by the same person. I think it's several people. I think, I don't know if Jack Maxwell was the first one, but he's the best one. And like, I think a lot of the other accounts are trying to imitate him. They're imitating his language. Like, he always refers to other Twitter users as tweeps. Um, (laughs) Always referring to Eugene Melnick as Mr. Melnick, using the term real fans and like everything. And Mm -hmm. very importantly, always talking about the hexagon lounge. Which is, like, a really funny thing to me. And so, he's, like, a lot of fun. And can I can I just... Should I just dive into my theory? Oh, yeah. Dive okay. right in. So, here's my theory. So, as I said, I think that Jack Maxwell is the most skilled one of these fake fake accounts. Um, and I believe that Jack Maxwell may or may not be a really, really smart marketing ploy. 
here's what I'm thinking. Some, like, intern or something. Like, somebody who's, like, a younger person with the sense. Because this guy is, like, very literate in internet culture. And just, mm-hmm. like, knew how to push buttons with sense Twitter folks. And so I think, really, like, somebody... This is such a dumb conspiracy theory, but I'm like, I think that somebody in the marketing department might have been like, what if we, like, people have been complaining about the pro-Melnik people all being bots, what if we create a fake bot, but then make it so good, because we'll get the attention, and then when we get the attention, we can, like, sell stuff. And, like, honestly, now that Jack Maxwell is out there, I want to go to the Hexagon Lounge so badly. (laughs) Because just a meme, like, I just want to... It's the same reason why I bought egg rolls in the press box. It's like, I just have to do it for the memes, you know? You gotta do it for the, like, jokes. And the thing is, like, so I think Mm -hmm. it's different people because Jack Maxwell has this really distinct voice and he's just, like, the most natural in the way that he uses it. Um, Mm -hmm. And all of these imitation, like, bots, bot bots, I don't even know what to call them, but all of these imitation (laughs) accounts, I think might have like actually organically sprung out from like other people on mm-hmm. Sense Twitter who realized how successful Jack Maxwell was getting with his like weird trolling. Right? Like I want to make one. <laughs> right? And so I think that like and you, like you can tell like lots of the people have changed their Twitter names to being like their name plus like random numbers. Yeah. Um, yeah. to kind of like poke fun at it, but that actually make gives him more attention. And mm-hmm. so yeah, what I'm thinking is somebody like some random person in the marketing team was like, oh, I have a really dumb idea. And at this point, everybody's just like, you know what? It's going to cost us zero dollars to create a Twitter account. Um, mm-hmm. And like it happened like at night, like he showed up like one night or like one evening. So I think it might have just been one of those things where somebody was just like, just try it. Like, just do it. <laughs> like, who cares? This is going to cost us yeah. zero dollars. Maybe it'll just be really funny. And they just kind of tried it, and then they, like, abandoned it, and then they were like, oh my god, like, <laughs> this is going, not viral, but, like, viral for Sun's Twitter. So they mm-hmm. were like, well, better just, like, jump back onto it. And then just really I heard stuck a theory. to the character. Yeah, I heard a theory that Jack Maxwell is actually Chet Sellers. <laughs> oh my god, actually, my dream. Like, I wish. <laughs> I, I don't think he's Chet Sellers. I don't really think that he's, like a sense marketing person. I don't think they're smart enough for that. I think he's a sense Twitter person. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. I just really like this conspiracy theory, okay? <laughs> yeah, okay, no, it's a it's a fantastic conspiracy theory. I love it. Um, whoever created that account should know that they're now encouraging people to actually check out the Hexagon Lounge. Like, if I, I mean, but, I don't, I'm not going to spend money on sense tickets, but if I did, I would go to the Hexagon Lounge. Like, just because well, also yeah. Mac- Jack Maxwell has posted a picture from the Hexagon Lounge, and I'm like, <laughs> if I go to the Hexagon Lounge, like, I might see Jack Maxwell. I might right? find, I might, yeah. I might, like, solve the issue. And also, if this is just a random, like, sense Twitter person, hashtag tweet, um, <laughs> like, that person is so dedicated that they went to the freaking Hexagon Lounge. <laughs> like, that person actually dished out money for the Hexagon Lounge. That's pretty impressive. I gotta say. I yeah. think it might be somebody, um, like, actually tied to them in some way just because of the money that would be involved in getting there. But then again, like, people have money. I don't know. Yeah. I um I think that this whole situation just like shows the absurdity of internet humor. Oh <laughs> like, yeah, like it's so stupid. There are all these people like trying so hard to make good jokes about the Sens and who does everyone follow? Some guy who's like tweeting about how much he supports our least favorite person and Mr. how Melnick. we should all buy sense tickets <laughs> and like, like buy sense cologne and we think it's the funniest thing. It's I love literally it. Literally the funniest shit I've ever read in my entire yeah, life. Yeah, I like I followed this guy because oh, I sick. thought it was funny. <laughs> like I don't even I don't even think I care if he's a bot or you know, a fan who's honestly doing this or someone pretending to be a bot. Like, I don't even care at this point. This is fucking hilarious. Oh my god, I think Jack Maxwell's gone. Hmm? Like, I'm not even kidding. Excuse I just, me? I wanted to. I wanted to read a tweet of his and I just looked him up and I can't keep... <gasps> he's disappeared again. I just saw somebody else has just <gasps> said he's disappeared again. Ugh. What? 
And he's become famous, too. Like, a lot of actual media people um, know about him. It's pretty great. He didn't follow me back. I was slightly offended. He didn't follow me back um, either, but, like, I'm just... I'm really hurt that he's disappeared again. But maybe he's just preparing for his glorious return because he also disappeared a week ago. So, like... Yeah, exactly. Maybe he'll come back even better, you know? Oh, bigger, than, um, bigger and better than ever before, baby. I love you, Jack yeah. Maxwell. If Jack Maxwell is a listener, can you please send me a message? I love you so much. Jack Maxwell, if you want to be on this podcast, slide into my DMs. We will have you on this podcast. I, I will, like, not download joking. a weird, like, voice editing app to disguise who you are. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like... This is our dream. Everyone, can you go tweet Jack Maxwell whenever he... If he ever comes, he back, comes back, can you tweet him to appear on our podcast? He can also Please. send us an email we need this to, to thesamelnikinlife yeah. at gmail.com and exactly. we'll read whatever... I will read literally anything Jack Maxwell sends me. Even if it's, like, right? really disgusting, I'll read it for you, Jack. I don't care. <laughs> Jack Maxwell, yeah. 1414018. <laughs> Please just acknowledge our existence, Okay. Please. He's the only. Yeah. I, I I lost like five followers today after tweeting that I wish the NHL had folded instead of the CWHL, but <laughs> that's Zach Boychuk still follows me. So it's good. You're good. You're, you're doing fine. <laughs> Sorry, my rat keeps trying to climb onto the computer keyboard and I'm like, please stop. <laughs> she wants to send a message. She wants to tweet at Jack Maxwell. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we're going to talk about, um, some teams that we like, that we wish did not fold with the NHL, which is the Mm -hmm. San Jose Sharks and the Carolina Hurricanes. Because they both did so much for Hockey is for Everyone Night. Like, we talked about the Sharks, but they've also, like, put out tweets, like, a whole Twitter thread about different minority groups that they support. Like, I love you so much. You have, take Eric Carlson. You deserve him more than we do. (laughs) Yeah, the Sharks have been really amazing. And, like, the Hurricanes are a lot of fun. I really... I love the Hurricanes celebrations. They're really fun. I know. Okay, so after you recorded... Yeah. Sorry, I love that they're living for the, like, bunch of jerks thing that, um... (laughs) They just started making t-shirts that say bunch of jerks. Okay, so... I respect that. Yeah, so right after we recorded our last episode, which was three weeks ago... I went into my phone in my notes app, and I have a note that's just, like, things I want to talk about on the podcast that I think mm-hmm. of, right? And I saw a note that said, Carolina Hurricanes Bunch of Jerks, and I texted <laughs> Poppy in all caps, WE FORGOT TO TALK ABOUT THIS! Because they were a bunch of So jerks. we're, like, a month late, but I don't care. It was so funny, because Don Cherry called them a bunch of jerks for their goals, for their, like, celebration. Um, which was really fun. And now they have merch that says Bunch of Jerks, and, and I love been, like, it. really leaning into the celebrations, like, doing really elaborate yeah. stuff, which is a lot of fun. It's just so fun, you know? Like, and it ties into this whole idea of, like, you know, just expressing your personality in hockey. Hockey is so, like, you know, you have to conform to this idea of what a hockey player has to be. Like, a recent episode of the Stick to Sports podcast, which talks about, like, inclusion in hockey and stuff, had um, Brock McGillis, who is a, an openly gay hockey player, on it. And he was talking about how when he was going to, um, when he goes to, like, minor league teams and talks to them about ho- homophobia and hockey, one of the things he does is he goes around and he asks the players, like, what's, the, what's one thing that you would never admit to your teammates? Mm-hmm. And they talk about just random shit like I like to read or I like to write poetry or like Mm. you know just like really random stuff that you wouldn't think of as something really weird but they do and he talks about how like you know hockey hockey culture is just so yeah it just like squashes all individuality to the point where you feel like you have to conform to this image and that's part of what's like so, um, that contributes to, like, the exclusion of minorities, right? Mm. And so, I just, like, I think it's really cool that the Carolina Hurricanes are just, like, being themselves and having a cool celebration, you know? Um, and also doing lots of stuff for Hockey is Everyone Month. They had a nice video that was really cool, so. It was a really, like, nice, diverse group of people just talking about what it meant to them to be a hockey fan, and in comparison to... You know, my experience with the 
mm-hmm. Ottawa Senators month, uh, like event where essentially <laughs> we were just pressured to present as couples and like that was the core you know that was mm-hmm. like the main aspect of our identity um mm-hmm. whereas this video like just really nicely had people talking about you know what it meant to them to be a hockey fan which shows that like you know being queer isn't it isn't everything about your personality is probably like mm-hmm. the least interesting aspect of anyone's personality to be honest is like who you date um so yeah i just i it was really well done it was a really lovely diverse group of people it was just really like nice <laughs> it, it it made me want to be a carolina fan almost yeah could never I could, cheer for I could a US adopt team. the Carolina Hurricanes. I'm I'm half South Carolinian. I can just like oh go for adopt it. them as my team. You know, I I yeah. think I can't dedicate more energy to another hockey team that might disappoint me. <laughs> well, to be fair, I've pretty much lost my NHL team. I've lost my entire league. <laughs> what do I do? It's, I yeah, need to find true. a new women's hockey team, guys. Uh. <laughs> I, mean, I can't wait to forget about hockey next year. <laughs> you can join I need me a break. In, you can join me in trying to get into baseball this year, but every time I look at baseball, no, I'm, I'm like, makes I'm no getting sense. In, I'm going to get into soccer. That's the oh. only sport that they care about in Ghana, okay? I'm going to go to sports bars or whatever and get into soccer. I've never been able to get into soccer ever. It's the worst but... game on earth. I hate it so much. It's so I, I kind of hate it too, but it's the only sport I can get into, I think, so... Mm. Basketball. Ooh, Rookie went to see the Harlem Globetrotters. Did you see that? Ooh. I didn't. What? <laughs> Rookie, the, like, sends pup, went to visit the Harlem Globetrotters today, and there's a lot of really, really cute Aww. pictures of him, like, snuggling the players, and it's just so cute. Maybe I'm going to get into basketball. This is a basketball podcast now. <laughs> I don't know anything about it, but welcome to this a basketball life. <laughs> okay. Um, is it time for Big Rig Energy? Award Big Rig Energy. Beata, take it away. <laughs> so, um, um, during the second intermission of the CWHL Clarkson Cup final, I may have texted Poppy... In all caps, Anne-Sophie Bate has big rig energy you because she had just did. scored her second goal. <laughs> it was really, it was such I a think fun, I tweeted like, that. it was such a delightful text <laughs> to receive because you were so excited. You were just like, big rig energy. <laughs> um, I was very excited about this. So um, if you didn't know, Anne-Sophie Bate has had like the most amazing season. She made Team Canada for the first time ever. Um, it's super exciting, and she was fantastic in the Clarkson Cup final. Like, I, I mean, I was cheering for the Canadian, so obviously, like, I noticed the Canadian players more than I noticed the Inferno players. Um, but I think she had the only two goals. Did they only score two goals? It's been a week. But um, <laughs> I, she had two goals for the Canadian, and she could have had way more than that. Like, she was all over the ice. She was so good. So impressive. I love her. Um... And yeah, as I was watching, I was like, I know who's getting big rig energy this week. So. And like, as sad as it was that Poulain couldn't play, it kind of um, put more of a spotlight mm-hmm. on her skill, I think. Uh, she was For sure, yeah. really incredible. So it was like, you know, when you were looking at Le Canadien, you were like, holy shit, and Sophie Bitti is like amazing. So right. I think it was a nice, I think she was kind of pushed more into the spotlight than usual. So it was, it, I think that was really nice. Mm-hmm. And also, I believe the Women's Worlds are coming up soon, so she'll be um, yes, in they that, are. hopefully. We'll get to see her, so that's a player to look out for. Like, she hasn't been on an Olympic roster yet, so you might not know of her, but she's fantastic. Yeah, I think so. she's definitely probably going I'm to I'm excited. For, like... Hopefully, Poulain will be back in shape, otherwise she can just yell from the bench. Like, <laughs> that was so she's entertaining. I think, um, <laughs> I think we can probably see Betty, like, going for the Olympics soon, because... The skill she oh yeah, for amazing. sure. So, mm-hmm, definitely mm-hmm. somebody to look out for. Um, yeah, very excited to award her big rig energy. <laughs> yeah, the probably most pointless award out there. <laughs> <laughs> we should all like tweet her or something. Like every time <laughs> we award big rig energy, for the record, yeah, we want everyone listening to like tweet the person we gave it to. <laughs> Pro- actually, that would be really funny because they'd be like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Wait. 
Okay, was it last episode or the one before that where we mentioned Ian Mendez and you tweeted him and he liked it? And I was like, what if he listens to this I and hears he the mascot minutes? Because that was the worst mascot minute. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, so that was that was the two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what it was. Because I was upset. like, I'm pretty sure I texted you like, what if Ian Mendez listens to your mascot minute? Do you realize what you've done by tagging him in this? Yeah, I was like, well, <laughs> if I ever... <laughs> do somehow manage to make a career in, like, journalism. Well, he's blocking <laughs> us on Twitter. That's gonna, <laughs> that's gonna come up again. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. So, on the note of us being <laughs> embarrassing as always, thank you for listening to The Samaritan League on Life. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter. I am at CoolCatMum. with are you? I am at C-B-E-A-T-A-E. That's C-B-E-A-T-A-E. Or you can email us at thisamelnikandlife at gmail.com, especially if you're Jack Maxwell. I will literally (laughs) read anything on the podcast for you, Jack Maxwell. (laughs) The music this week is I'm Gonna Be Here by Birdie White, and we'll post a link to her music in the show notes. And our artwork, as always, is by Lena Novi and Angus Fitzgerald Clark. So for bonus content, please find us at patreon.com slash thisamelnikandlife. You can subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts, and of course... Please rate and review us on iTunes. We always appreciate that. I've still not forgotten the one person who rated us three stars. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta make up for that, guys. More five-star reviews. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye. At times it ain't pleasant to remain in the present. The stars know our lives ain't long. Future a dream, won't you help me sing this song? Yes, I'm gonna be here, I've always been here, never been anywhere else. Yes, I'm gonna be here, I've always been here, here's where I find myself. Just help me.